the National Coronavirus Command Council has decided to enforce a nationwide lockdown for 21 days. As the world has to physically distance to save itself, we need to get closer to God. Come, you're welcome to a place where we discuss the world's events through the lens of scripture. You're welcome to this public square gathering. Uh, moving on, I got my brother, man, uh, Pastor Joshua Parker, is out in Ohio. Uh, wow, I met him, I think it's over 10 years now, when I was a young Thundercat, uh, a local church uh, pastor, uh, took us over uh, with him to the U.S. and, and Place, one of the places we went to was uh, to, to his church and Joshua has just become a very close friend and brother over the years. Uh, so yeah, man, so he's currently pastoring out in, out in Akron. So I just asked him to come and just speak to us about what's currently going on uh, in the United States. And yeah, man, just speak to us about the current states of the church and what's on his heart in terms of what God is saying in the season. Uh, welcome, my brother. Uh, so glad to have you with us. Please share your hearts with us tonight. Hi, what's up, Greg? Man, it's a pleasure to have the opportunity to be on here with you and uh, all those who are participating in this. It's a pleasure to have the opportunity to share uh, words. I've enjoyed everyone who's gone so far. Um, and I know we're limited on time, so kind of got to get to it. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, I think we are we're seeing something we've never saw before. You know, and in the status of the U.S., it's very interesting. You know, when this thing first hit, what God begins revealing to show me is that this uh, pandemic is bringing exposure. It's bringing exposure. And sometimes things are not exposed uh, until certain situations arise that you really see what you're dealing with. And when the outbreak first took place here in the States, there was a lot of division that began to uh, take place within the church. Um, particularly one of the battling lines was, are you gonna close your church or are you gonna open your church? Now I know every state is different, every country is different, um, but in the US, because of the laws, they do not have the right to shut churches down or to close churches. They can make the request um, and for churches to comply, but they don't have the right to close. And so there were a number of churches who decided to stay open, even ours. My church, where I'm pastoring at, um, decided to, we're keeping our doors open. That decision really was quite easy. But nevertheless, what it began to reveal was a lot of the division within the church. Uh, we begin to see a number of influential leaders uh, in the body. If I were to mention names, some of you would know who they are, but they begin to publicly ridicule those who were opening their doors, labeling them to be foolish, labeling churches to be unwise. Uh, they begin to label churches to be money hungry. Their doors were open. But then on the flip side of the coin, you had churches who were battling those churches who closed <laughs> and said that you really don't believe the gospel that you preach because you closed your doors. You don't believe in the power of God. You are a preacher or a pastor that is void of faith. And so we're beginning to see the exposure where two churches are colliding 
head to head and it's breeding a lot of division uh, in the Western church here, which I believe is just bringing exposure to what really has already been. Um, and although this is new to us in our generation, uh, there's nothing new under the sun. The days that we are in look very similar to the days of Joseph. They look very similar to the days of the children of Israel. But we as the body should be encouraged for those who have true covenant with God. Uh, I remember as this pandemic took place and I began to teach on it and the spirit of God really just checked me. He said, why are you adjusting to the conditions of this event? You know, when Jesus arose, when situations came against Jesus, he used his authority and then he kept pushing, man, <laughs> you know, and I was reminded that we have to use our authority as believers to declare uh, the goodness of God's word. Because if you look back at events that took place in the scripture, such as Joseph or with the children of Israel, God always made a difference between those who have a covenant with him. He always had a difference. And so many of them would, for instance, dwell in the land of Goshen because he made a difference to what had a covenant with him and what did not have a covenant with him. And this is where God's people need to be reminded that we have a covenant with God, that he is faithful from generation to generation, that these things will hit the land, but because of the blood of Jesus, that it cannot come nigh us. Because of the blood of Jesus, it cannot take us out. And so what I'm seeing within our local church is the faith that's arising in the people of God. And, and I was really excited because in watching the news, fear began to try to grip me. It began to try to gain a hold on me to shut our doors. And I began to get calls and messages from other members in the church that said, Pastor, we are people of faith. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And, and it just began to remind me of the seed of the word of God being deposited in God's people. And I believe that one of the things you're seeing is a difference in churches is that for those who have been building disciples and those who have been really training and building people in God's word, I'm not talking about a, a church that's centered in socializing. I'm not talking about a church that is centered in just a great gathering place with the latest technology and the latest smoke screens and the latest uh, laser light show for worship. I'm talking about churches now where there, I believe there, we're on the verge of seeing the remnant church rise, where we're seeing churches who really carry the anointing of God, the spirit of God, that we're living in the days where the scripture says that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that which was on the former house. And I believe that our generation should just be an expectation to see the miraculous. We should be an expectation. Why? Because the harvest is so ripe right now. I believe if Jesus was alive, yes, he's alive in us, but I mean, physically, if he was here present with us, I believe he would be relishing at the opportunity because the harvest is truly so great. The world is stricken by fear. The world is stricken by famine. The world is searching for answers. And it reminds me when Pharaoh went to, mind you, he went to a prisoner to get the interpretation from God. And there are Pharaohs all over this world, I believe, whose ears are open to hear the gospel, whose ears are open to hear divine wisdom, divine strategies from God. And I believe God's people need to be reminded of where we are in our covenant with him and to be an expectation to be used by him because I believe it is time for us to open our windows like Daniel opened his when he made a decision to worship God. And I believe when we make that decision, we're going to see the supernatural. We're going to see the miraculous that we've been praying about, that we have been fasting about. So I believe this is our one of our greatest hours 
to really be who God's called us to be, which are ambassadors of the gospel of the kingdom. Oh man, that's beautiful, Bishop. Uh, so why don't you speak to us about, so what are you guys currently doing? Uh, I know Passover Sunday, uh, last Sunday you took the church like outdoors. Why don't you just uh, tell us about what's going on there and how's the response being of the people? Uh, well, originally we just kept our doors open. And once again, we experienced a lot of flack behind it, but that decision was easy because I don't believe Jesus would close up shop during this time. I believe he would show the difference of the gospel. Um, but we've made the decision um, during the Passover season, and it's interesting that this is even happening during Passover, but in Passover, we begin to start having services in our parking lots. Uh, and it's been amazing because we've been seeing people come from all over to experience God. And I mean, his presence is just as strong in a parking lot as it is in the four walls um, of the church. But I'm also seeing so many people who are connected with us as a church are going over, they're not going under. They are mm -hmm. seeing the testament of God's favor, of God's grace, where so many testimonies are coming forth where they say, well, they have uh, put so many uh, employees on furlough or they have um, terminated so many jobs, but they decided to keep me. You know, I was promoted. I, I, I'm, I'm seeing a totally different narrative than what people in the media are seeing, but we should be in expectation to see that. And so I am seeing people's faith being sparked and that good news is drawing other people to want to hear, you know, why aren't you afraid? Why aren't you just locked up in your house? What's going on? Why are you in a place of peace? And that curiosity is drawing them uh, to the church and drawing them to hear the good news of the gospel. And so not only that, we've been a blessing naturally. I heard the gentleman earlier talk about going and just simply being a blessing. And that's what the church really should be doing. Uh, the church has to trust God. Mm. It can't put pressure on people. It has to trust God the same way the people who are putting offerings in the offering buckets are trusting God. Or the same way the people are trusting <laughs> God who are That's sending true. it via technology. They have, pastors have to trust God. And so um, shame on those who are using this as an opportunity to manipulate the truth of God's word. You know what I mean? Uh, but nevertheless, in being a blessing, it's been an amazing experience because we've been able to go um, to, to, to minister to those across generational barriers, racial barrier lines, because when you're in need, nobody cares what the color of your skin is. <laughs> you know, nobody cares what your background is. Can you help me? You know, so every week we sit down and have a planning meeting to see who can we help? How can we help? to simply be the light and be the blessing. And what I realize is that when people see you ministering the gospel, not only spiritually, but physically, they're compelled to sow into that work. You don't have mm. to beg, you don't have to manipulate, you don't have to bribe, you don't have to falsify, prophesy, you know, you just simply demonstrate the gospel of the kingdom and God will touch hearts. He will speak to hearts to sow. And that's what we've been experiencing, man. We have not missed a beat as a church. And it's not because of online or offline. It's been coming in from various ways because God will touch hearts, you know, to, to give and to, to sow uh, into his vision and into his kingdom. That's beautiful, Bishop. Uh, just 
just one question uh, before you leave. And if anyone got questions, you can just put it in the chat. So how you got, so are you dealing with your detractors, man? Uh, pastors, I'm sure, obviously. Sometimes as humans, we can get nasty, right? And like, how are you dealing with that? Yeah, are you dealing with the detractors, man? Those people who are say you're being foolish and, and the name calling and stuff. Like, what are you guys doing? Are you just like non-responsive to them or what are the conversations happening or what's going on there? Uh, to be honest, there's no response because it's not, it's not worth the attention. You know, and that's how you get distracted because you get your eyes out. That's how Peter sank. <laughs> he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked at the conditions, you know, and so it's not mm -hmm. worth the attention. I believe every man should be doing, uh, should be following the Lord as they see fit, you know, and I think one of the things that is a struggle are for churches who, what, what, what I'm finding in the States is that churches who really build disciples, churches who uh, really teach the word of faith, and I'm not talking about the movement of faith, but I'm just talking about the doctrine of true faith, raising real disciples and believers. Churches who deal with the supernatural, where there's an anointing, where you see the manifestation of the spirit of God and the presence of God. I'm seeing those churches move forward like never before. I'm seeing people drawn to those ministries. I'm seeing those ministries continue to thrive and flourish, but I'm seeing the churches that are, that were quote unquote, uh, the popular place because of the aesthetics or because of the quick 60 minute services. I'm not really seeing or hearing much from them, mm. yeah. you know? And so, so I, I'm, I really don't pay any attention, man. They persecuted Jesus. <laughs> I expect it to be honest. I relish it because I'm like, I must be doing something right. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. Uh, Harold, yeah. you're making some, Harold, you got some comments there, quickly, before we move on. Bishop Moyo? Yes, wow. This man, <laughs> Joshua, man, uh, you just ministered to us. I think, actually, Joshua needs to come back next week if he can, because uh, I need some pastors in here. I need to get all my uh, rookie pastors in here, you know. I love your spirit, man, and um, I just love what you just shared. We're praying for you. We pray because, yeah, America seems a bit wow. wild, more, more yeah. than on this side. But uh, what we're going to do is that we just, we're definitely going to pray for you guys. But Greg, yeah. if you can, please bring him back last week. All the rookie pastors need to be here. Because Amen. That, hey, that's the, that, uh, that, doctrine that word of faith needs to be taught even in this time because i think it's important during this time you know because this is also connecting to what david said when we started you know what i mean this is also connecting to what david said and david was like we should not uh, try and focus and back down according to the conditions of how it's what's happening right now but we should always and be consistent in our covenant. So thank that is so good, man. I love that. I love that. Oh, man. Thank you so much. To God be the glory. For sure. Oh, to God be all the glory. You know, I want us to be encouraged. I know my time is up and Greg's is probably ready to move on. But I want to leave everyone here because I believe everyone that's on this call, God has given a sphere of influence. Um, 
And it's not a, a coincidence that we are exiting the Feast of Passover. When you look at Passover, what that feast season is all about, and the culmination of it, you read in Exodus 23, where the Spirit of the Lord says that he releases the angels to bring us into. And what I believe that God is going to be doing among all of us, among this generation, among his church, is that for us to be sensitive to what the Spirit of God is going to lead us to. Don't look for things to be the way they were. Let's not look for things to be traditional the way they were. But behold, God, I believe, wants to do a new thing. And I also believe the scripture says that judgment always begins at the house of God. And I believe that some things that man has built in the church right now is being dismantled. I see that Come by on. the spirit, that some things men have built are being dismantled you know, through false prophecy, through manipulation, through bribery. Uh, and that, that kingdom right now is being shaken but that which has been built on a firm foundation cannot be shaken. And that's what I believe the generation that's arising right now who have a spirit of, of David, who have the wisdom of Solomon, and who just have to usher the presence of God wherever they go. So I want all of us to remain vigilant, to remain open to what is the spirit of God leading me to do, to be a light and a salt, to draw people to Jesus. Wow. The bishop has spoken.